Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. I am Daniel Michael, the founder, co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and we will be back right after this. Tonight's topic is the healing magical qualities of juniper, part two. Join us in our circle. The intro is spinning again, but this happens on a live radio show. So, blog talk radio drives me nuts. All right, we'll try this Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Forbidden archaeology. Forgotten history. All right, folks, and we are back. Sometimes the song spins or does something funny. So it is the intro. It's the buttons here in the studio page. But we're discussing part two of Juniper, and its berries have been used, mixed with thyme, in druid groves for incenses to inspire visions. Juniper, grown by the door, said to discourage thieves, and as well as hung in the house to attract love. So I'm going to go ahead and try the song one more time, and we'll be right back with Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. All right, everyone, and we are back with Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Susan Weed. And I see she's in the queue, so I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. Oh, and how are you this week? Very well, very well. It's uh, going to be a week full of changes on on multiple uh, levels, but eventually that'll be for the for the best. As I am leaving the store, so. But what a good education you have received. I suggest to my best apprentices that they go work in a health food store for a year. In fact, that's about how long I did. (laughs) And what did you learn during that time? A lot of great things. Uh, I learned also what works and what doesn't work. I learned that a lot of people... You can genuinely help, and then a lot of people 
might come into the store, might ask a million questions, but there's something in their mind that is not ready for healing whatsoever. But I would say for the most part, the experience was very positive. And to re-educate people sometimes in somewhat careful ways, because you don't want to <laughs> get a lawsuit. <laughs> but uh, like you said, you don't treat a disease, you treat the person. <laughs> so you say certain things and you learn so much about, and also about the industry, like about the supplement industry, you learn a ton about that. Uh, the profit margins. And as well, sometimes you just learn great things from the customers themselves. Some of them come from other countries and they're accustomed to using certain herbal remedies and you're like, oh, or you find out they have their own fermented beverage, whether it's made out of banana peels or whatever. So you learn an awful lot working in a store like that, especially around here, which is an international sort of area, Northern Virginia, D.C. area. As they joke and say, almost nobody's from here. <laughs> so it's been a great experience. I'll be leaving. Saturday will be my last day unless they occasionally call me in for an interim like part whatever a night or something I t i'll keep myself available for that occasionally but i'm moving back on to what i know can bring me the quicker money which is electrical work i come from a family of electricians so someone i've worked with before who can be a little flexible with the music thing and all that but i've learned a lot and i also learned how much the mind is involved in healing because honestly some of the folks will come in there, certainly not all, and they'll just tell me, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm allergic to this, I better not do that, and I can't do this, well, I'm not going to quit sugar, and I'm not going to do this. And I'm like, your mind isn't ready to heal yet. So that's one, one thing I definitely learned. Yes, and that simple answers are better received than complicated ones. Yes. My approach... If I feel confident about it, now I don't know everything, obviously, and I certainly don't have as much knowledge as you do, Susan Weed, but when I'm confident about something, I'm just like nettle, 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 or whatever. I'm just, this is what you need. This is what's going to work. And so to keep their mind focused so that also their mind will help them. Now the plant will help them too. But some people are so stressed out, especially a lot of the rich people that live around here, that a lot of times when people have a lot of money, I think they just sit around and get depressed and stressed because every, not every little thing is perfect. And I'm like, you've got to just get your mind right, get your mind on healing, and know that this plan is going to work if you take the time to use it. And keep their mind focused on that. I have that one thing approach like you're saying. <clears throat> You know, before I started doing my blog talk show on Tuesday evenings, I used to just do a call-in show at my home phone number. And I did this for several reasons. I started out as an herbalist offering people consultations because people asked for consultations, and I thought it was expected of me. And then one summer, through a rather involved thing that I won't go into, I decided I was going to put my tent up out in the woods, and I was going to spend the summer out in the woods. And so when people would show up for consultations, the apprentices would say, well, walk down this path, and then at this place, turn to the left and go up to this flat area, 
and then turn to the right, and then call Susan's name, and she'll come out and meet you. And you know what? About 90% of the people who had consultations went away rather than spend three minutes to walk to where I was. <laughs> and I realized it wasn't expected of me. I didn't have to do consultations. And that I didn't like doing consultations very much. Of all the things I was doing, it was one of the things I liked the least. So I was perfectly fine with abandoning it, but I thought that it wasn't fair to the apprentices to abandon it, and that perhaps I could redo consultations in a way that the apprentices could benefit. So that's why I started letting people call me at home on Tuesday nights and ask me questions. Well, there were a couple of things that were really easy about this. One was, if dinner was a little late, I could just be a little late picking up the telephone. It would just ring and ring, and nobody would answer. The answering machine would be get it. But as you know, with a blog talk show, wham, it's time. You better be there. So I've lost at that ease. And the other ease was that when there weren't apprentices here, which is wintertime, and occasionally during the summer, I didn't have to do the show since I was doing it for the apprentices. Uh, right. But, of course, with the blog talk show, you do it every week. <clears throat> and that's fine, too, because there's a lot of great things. But occasionally, <clears throat> I would go away <clears throat> for a time, including a Tuesday, and I would say to the apprentices, now people are going to call, and you need to answer their questions. And they would all look at me with, you know, big eyes of fright and go, what do you mean? We don't know anything. We can't tell anybody anything. And I would say, sure you can. First of all, to the vast majority of questions, you're going to tell them to drink nettle infusion. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I said, and if that doesn't seem quite right, tell them to take dandelion. Yep. And if that says doesn't seem right either, tell them to call back next week. Hmm. And there you have herbal medicine. Uh, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I dug around in my files because I remembered some years ago <clears throat> I had written some things about cedar. I was spending a lot of time with cedar. There's some very, very nice cedar trees here on my land. And <clears throat> cedar has always been a very patient presence and a very embracing grandmother to me. <clears throat> So this is a poem that I wrote sitting under a cedar tree. Cedar and juniper, berries and leaves, twigs and bark, the smudge is lit. Fire free, my spirit. Leaves smolder and smoke. Long wing feathers fan my prayers into the four corners, through the four directions, awakening the elementals calling forth the guardians. Juniperus, grace us with your presence. Thuya, hear our request. Cedar grandmother, come be with us. <clears throat> I dispel the evil winds and disinfect all contagions. I work in all realms, physical, metaphysical, real, imagined, sensory, and symbolic. I have sworn to aid you humans from cradle to grave. I will protect you. And I have a note that cedar wood is used for cradle boards, cedar bark is used for baby blankets, cedar and juniper oil are used for umbilical cord heating, healing, and that cedar wood makes a rot-resistant coffin, and that cedar and juniper boughs are used to preserve bodies before they're buried. 
from cradle to grave. I protect you. Slow down. Way down. Do a slow dance with me. Allow my vibration into your heart. I am one of the old ones. I am one of the promises kept. I grow in difficult places to get you through the difficult times. I grow on high ledges. My vision is vast. Cedar swamp. Cedar fever. Vast. My wisdom is ancient. Cedars of Lebanon. Cedars of the temple. I return the greatness of your spirit to you, ancient. <clears throat> I thrive in sterile soil. <clears throat> Life springs up around my feet. I tolerate drought. Love grows in my cooling shade. I seek out places rich in minerals. What I create is enduring. Berries for eating. Leaves for healing smoke. Bark for baskets, twigs for medicine. My lap is a bed, is reviving sleep. I am here for you. I am Cedar Grandmother. Nice. Yeah. And we both brought up a similar use of juniper, by the way. I said, well, I said druid and grove incense, but you mentioned a smudge with the cedar. Possibly its most famous use. The idea that cedar, that juniper will disinfect is definitely based not just in belief, but in hard science. The Aromatic esters, the volatile oils from these plants, including Thuyun, <coughs> a very strong volatile oil from cedar and juniper, have long been known to be strongly antibacterial. In fact, they're related to frankincense and myrrh. They're all evergreen trees with not like pine needles, or spruce needles, but kind of funny little twiggy needles. Looking up my notes about cedar, I found these quotes from people about cedar. Thuya, folia, resolvant, exicant, flatus, palunt, says Bacalaris. Let's see if we can figure out what that means. Thuya. We just talked about thuyon, the oil. And so thuya could be cedar, it could be juniper. Folia, we know a folia is a leaf. Resolvent, to resolve, to, to get things to be the way they should be. Flatus, well, we know that flatus is a very polite word for gas or <clears throat> the impolite word, I guess, would be fart. All right. So, thuya cedar leaves resolve bad-smelling gas. Thank you, Mockler. J.R. Dodge, Food Products of Native American Indians, 1870, says, Red cedar berries are consumed by the Indians of Arizona and New Mexico 
who gather great quantities for winter store. They dry them, grind them into flour, mix with water, knead them into a hard mass, and fry them in the, to the sun. They have a chafy look, a brownish-yellow color, but they're very light, easily digested, and not offensive. Knipe, in his book, My Water Cure, in 1897, says, Those exposed to contagion should always chew a few juniper berries, no more than ten a day. They give a pleasant taste in the mouth and are good service to the digestion. They, they burn up, as it were, the harmful miasms, exhalations, when these seek to enter your body through the mouth or the nostril. Dr. Coffin, the late 1800s, quoted by Alma Hutchins in 1973, says, If juniper boughs are burnt to ashes and the ashes put into water, a medicine is obtained that has cured dropsy even in an advanced stage. And dropsy is liver failure. So this is a big thing to say. Delina Tull, in 1987, said... A decoction made with a juniperus sabina was used as an herbal abort to facing it with disastrous consequences. A single small dose of the drink can be strongly cathartic, and repeated small doses prove deadly. And this is a decoction. So we take... <laughs> to make a decoction, we would first of all make an infusion, and we wouldn't want to use something strong-smelling like juniper or cedar as an infusion. But if we did and we made then a decoction, which is a boiled-down brew, usually brew boiled down to 30%, sometimes to 20 or 25%, now we start to concentrate the oil, the suyun, so much that small doses repeated have proven deadly. Michael Moore, in 1993, says, Chew juniperus communist berries as a snack to lower blood sugar from adrenaline hyperglycemia. Igor Vilzevin, in 1997, says, The volatile oil of juniper and cedar easily penetrates the lungs, the kidneys, the liver, the urinary bladder, and quickly acts to stimulate the body's mucus surfaces. In Science Magazine that I was reading, I came upon a most amazing study that found that the surface of the skin actually has taste receptors. So when we think about trees like juniper and cedar, that have these strong oils that are put out into the air. We have thought in the past only of the fact of inhaling them and bringing them into our lungs, but I think we're about to revise that idea and start to have a sense that these things are actually coming into the skin as taste. We find that the taste Sensors on the skin also respond to healing plants and crank up cellular replication of wounds by 30%. Pretty amazing stuff, huh? Oh, yes. I, my daughter bought a turtle. We may have mentioned this turtle before. 
she was down by the Twin Towers the day before 9-11. She was there on 9-10, and she bought a turtle from a stall right by the Twin Towers. So it's been the Twin Towers turtle. And, of course, had it she not bought it, the turtle would have died in the horrible disaster that struck there. So it's always been somewhat of a, a good luck and a miracle turtle in a way. And she winters in Costa Rica. I took care of the turtle one winter, and I didn't do a really good job because I didn't spend enough time really looking at the turtle. And it got a little infection in its shell. And she was able to heal that infection in the shell. And then the past winter when she went away, she left the turtle with hopefully some people who would take better care of it than I, but it turned out not to be so. And that infection came back. And they tried treating that infection with tea tree oil, which they put directly on the turtle's shell. And it destroyed the turtle's shell. And a large hunk of the turtle's shell fell off because they put an essential oil on it. And we're now nursing the turtle and seeing if we can get the shell to grow back. So once again, essential oils are not natural, are not safe, and especially not really strong oils like suyon, tea tree, cedar oil, juniper oil. These are strong, strong medicines, and they can have disastrous consequences. And here's uh, another piece of writing that I did about cedar. Cedar is ceremonial. Cedar has such a powerful spirit that it is a ritual in and of itself. One has only to sit under a cedar tree to feel the magic. Cedar smudges have been used by Aboriginal peoples throughout the world. Cedar clears bacteria from the air. It clears the mind. It clears the way. Cedar is burned at shamanic initiations. Place fresh twigs on hot stones, the stone people, in the sweat lodge and release their fragrant smoke. Or light dried twigs and needles with a match and burn them in a heat-proof container. In the winter, I like to put them on top of my wood stove. The scent is thought to keep sickness away. Cedar is a natural incense, and some say it will cure any curses that are thrown at you. Native people everywhere in the world believe that cedar is a kindly yet powerful guardian. Among Native Americans, cedar or juniper leaves were rubbed on the back to bring good luck, smoked for good luck, and used as a bath to create an aura of protection around warriors, hunters, and widows. Cedar is said to be the antidote to the fear of thunder. Cedar is the perfect guardian for children. They are cradled in her wood, swaddled in her fibers, protected by a screen of her boughs, and eased in their teething by her wood. The presence of cedar is said to speed childbirth and relax the expectant mom. When Navajo children have bad dreams, they are given a bracelet made of ghost beads, which are dried juniper berries, to wear for protection. Close your eyes. Can you imagine a road made of cedar branches? 
a sweeping carpet of cedar. It's there to protect the feet of the holy lodge dancer of the Sundance. It's there to lead the way to the temple of the goddess. It is there to guide you to your healing. Can you hear the drums and the rattles? Cedar drums, tum-tum, cedar pieces rattling together, tat-tat, setting the rhythm of health, playing the music of wholeness. Cedar is a ceremony, as a smoke, as a smudge, as a living plant. There is one a Native American use of cedar that I have never copied, nor do I aspire to, and that is if you drink enough cedar juniper tea, you will vomit. Ceremonial lametics do not appeal to me any more than ceremonial enemas do. A single spoonful of thuya oil is lethal if ingested. Instead of aromatherapy, why not use natural scent therapy? Cedar is willing to help. Toss some twigs in a pan of boiling water. Turn off the fire. Ah, the room will smell wonderful. You can use it again and again as the smell dissipates. Just bring your cedar water up to a boil. Turn the fire off and let the aroma drift through your house, giving you sweet dreams and protecting you in so many ways. What did Stephen tell us that juniper would protect us from? Where did I leave my bookmark? Here we go. There has been little scientific study on juniper other than rather extensive explorations of its constituents and their antimicrobial activity. Only a few in vivo, which would mean animal studies, exist. In vitro, which is glass studies, petri dishes, have found that extract of the heartwood of various juniper species is comparable in its antimicrobial effects to streptomycin, which is an antibiotic. The leaf extracts from juniper are comparable in potency to amphotericin B. Other Petri dish studies have found that leaf extracts of juniper are very active against resistant staph and resistant bacillus bacteria. And in fact, they are as potent as ampicillin and erythromycin in their zones of inhibition. Juniper inhibits the NOR-A efflux pump in staph organisms, making them more susceptible to the other antibacterial compounds in the plant. This, to me, is where the plants really shine. A drug does one thing, and it shines when we want just one thing done. But plants do multiple things. And when we want healing, and when we're not trying to kill a parasite, then plants do better because they have the multiple compounds. Tacrolimus, a drug used for immunosuppression 
after organ transplant can cause severe kidney damage. Tacrolimus-induced kidney damage in rats was completely reversed by the use of juniper. The renal cell membranes incorporated vasodilatory prostanoids, the herb elevated PGF2-alpha urinary excretion, and the precipitous fall in inulin clearance usually caused by the drug was completely prevented. This bears out eclectic use of the herb in treating kidney disease. So you remember that I started out talking about juniper berries. We started out talking about juniper berries as being in gin. And I said, oh, yes, you know, people who drink gin, they have kidney problems. They can cause kidney problems. And then we opened Stephen's book, and Stephen said, not true at all. Yes, indeed, you know, it's the going word, but you all are being taken in, never seen it. And, in fact, we have a whole tradition called the eclectic tradition, which uses juniper in treating kidney disease. And here we have a strong scientific study, not just showing that juniper can treat kidney disease, but it protects kidneys and the pathways as well. I know those were big words. Don't worry about it. It was just a pathway that's used. Additionally, the kidneys and livers of mice injected with CC14, I don't know what that is, but I bet it's bad, who had previously been given an oral extract of juniper were protected from injury. Researchers commented, juniperus phonicea leaf extracts show a remarkable effect in enhancing liver and kidney functions and may thus be a therapeutic potential in treatment of hepatotoxicity and nephrotoxicity, big words for liver failure, kidney failure, what did that person say back in the 1800s? that it has cured dropsy liver failure even in advanced stages. Juniper extracts show anthelmintic activity against pinworms. They are strongly anti-inflammatory, especially reducing enema. I'm sorry, edema. Juniper extracts significantly lower blood glucose levels in mice while increasing zinc levels. Zinc is thought to be very necessary for good insulin usage. Juniper extracts and various compounds found in different juniper species are potently active against a wide range of organisms, especially mycobacterium bearing out the plant's traditional use for treating tuberculosis. And I believe he's also suggesting that it might work against antibiotic-resistant tuberculosis, a disease that about 10 years ago, I'll tell you, was was sometimes giving me nightmares. But uh, we seem to have curtailed it. Uh, Antibiotic-resistant tuberculosis um, on the loose um, would probably open up all of the Catskill hotels that had been closed once we got a handle on tuberculosis. Juniper also contains, as do nearly all evergreens, an amazing constituent called totorol. Like many of the constituents in juniper, including longifoline and alpha-pinene, totorol is strongly antibacterial. Totorol 
is antimicrobial. against a wide range of microorganisms, including mycobacteria, enterococci, staphylococci, streptococci, pseudomonas, and a lot of other gram-negative organisms and even a number of parasitic organisms. It is synergistic with its own antibacterial agent studies have found that it potentiates a wide range of pharmaceutical antibiotics as well. In other words, if you're taking an antibiotic and you want to take less of it, take juniper or cedar with it, it will act more powerfully, it will act more quickly, you will get the effect of it sooner. And remember, the new AMA directive is stop taking your antibiotic when the symptoms remiss. So if you can get it to work better, you can take less of it. Juniper is highly active at tiny doses. The synergistic potency of this plant as an antimicrobial, antioxidant, anti-tumor, hepatic protector, and cholesterol-lowering herb is amazing, and mostly due to Totorol. Totorol is also highly effective in the treatment of skin disorders, including severe acne. A number of compounds in the berries, most especially terpene Dash four dash ol substantially increases the output of urine without reducing either potassium or electrolyte levels in the body. Kidney filtration rate is enhanced. The reasons why the highly antibacterial monoterpenes in juniper work so well is that the body immediately works to excrete them through the urinary passages, which has the effect of disinfecting the system. If you have a resistant urinary tract infection, this is the one plant you want to be absolutely certain to use. Makes me want to go back and make sure it's in all my books. <laughs> yeah, and I did want to let you know, Susan, to respect your time, that it's a little after 10.30. Well, I guess we should say... Good night for good night. We have not come to the end of what Stephen has to say about juniper, and he tells us about traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, so we should come back next week and get into that material. Okay, part three of juniper next week. Part three of juniper cedar. Till then, green blessings. Thanks so much for helping me remind everybody that herbal medicine is people's medicine and that it grows right outside your door. Thank you so much, and green blessings to you, Susan Weed. Green blessings. Good night. All right, everybody, you've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Susan Weed. We'll be back next week with part three of the series on Juniper Cedar, healing and magical qualities. Thank you, and have a great evening. Forbidden Archaeology Forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we. 
Archaeology, Forgotten History, Divination, Magic, Cryptozoology, UFOs, Nature, Science, and Spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. <laughs> 